Hey everyone, it's Tally from the Astro Twins, and I am going undercover with a low-key but bold starstruck moment with Yulia Simas from the Cosmic Intelligence Agency, the CIA. Hi, Yulia. Hello, Tally. How are you? I'm so good. And I love the whole idea of the Cosmic Intelligence Agency that you have you have agents running around. What agent number are you? Um, I'm 12. Well, perfect for the Zodiac there. I was born on the 12th of March, though, so I kind of think, you know, but so many people ask for 12, and it's like, sorry, it's taken. It's taken. I'm one of the it's founders taken. of this thing. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Tell us yeah. a little bit about um, the CIA. Well, it started in my head um, as an idea just for uh, getting astrology, I suppose, out there, you know, helping astrology be out there, because all the good astrology, when I was studying, all the good astrology tend, you know, seemed to be in our kind of um, conferences and in our newsletters and, and there wasn't enough of that online, mm. you know, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm calling it the intelligent astrology and I know sun sign stuff is big and you guys are very much into that, but we, we didn't want that to be the focus. We wanted it to be, we wanted it to be, you know, so yeah. I, I found a few interested agents as I call it and we put together a website and it actually started in 2006 Wow. So um, we've been going for a while and we always had this idea that the CIA would be, um, let's say, we'd speak our own language, right? We'd speak astrology. So yes. we wouldn't dumb it down and we wouldn't sort of just for the sake of getting people, you know, into it. And, you know, as social media rose and all that kind of stuff, the name took off, the brand took off um, and people started exactly what the mission was, you know, started sort of learning about Awesome. More things to do with, with astrology than just, you know, this sun sign. And, you know, we can know where it is now. You know, there's much more. It, you know, sun sign's still a big part of astrology, isn't it? it? It's and the beginning of it. And then it's once a you start to get yeah. into it, you do. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many talks where I've felt like a... I love it because I've been like sitting there with astro geek friends and we're like, oh my God, if we are literally speaking our own language and you yeah. know we have people watching yeah. who are brand new to astrology and people yeah. who have taken a plunge there's so many levels yeah so it's like the, you know where do you want to be in that and we just thought well if people understand the language they're going to value it a lot more instead yeah. and, and then learning it like how much they can learn along the way so it's that it's you know it's kind of the mission as i said i you love know, it, taking it on. You, you really have already you know i'm sure you have been an informant, if you will, and informed so many things, you know, of the apps that are out now and the fact that people, you know, don't just say, I'm a Sagittarius sun. I would, I'm a Sagittarius sun, Scorpio moon, Capricorn yeah. rising, you know, and yeah. my Venus is- Yeah, they've they got the three points about. now. Yeah, yeah, which is so cool. And then um, I just was speaking to one of the agents who's a teacher in San Francisco and he teaches like 12 year olds and stuff. And his kids know he's an astrologer, like he's his students, and they're always asking him stuff in the background, and they know they know more stuff. You know, they mo know more than just this on site. And that's a, that's a great thing. We were talking a little bit earlier before we started recording about, um, you know, how astrology is having a moment, and you have some some theories on you know, how this is going to evolve as, you know, the younger ones come up and future generations. I would love for you to share that. Yeah, well, I think there's never been a time on the, pla on the planet like this, you know, um, that we, you know, that social media and the way that we're all connected, you know, um, I've been looking through 
Uranus, you know, it's, it's the modern ruler of astrology. Before that, it was Mercury, you know, connecting heaven and earth. But Mercury cycles are too quick to follow, right? There, there are bigger cycles Three Mercury. Three weeks and we're done, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are bigger cycles, you know, the, through the elements and stuff. But again, not big enough. So with Uranus as a seven-year transit through a sign, it's almost uncanny how, how much it relates to the kind of astrology that happens, right? Ah. So when I started the CIA, and we started doing our astrology. Uranus was in Pisces. And so it was very much... six, right? Yeah, 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 okay. around then. And it was about the co-creative kind of purpose of astrology, right? Like, and also the combination of the traditional and the new, like really started melding together. Um, then it moved to, you know, that was Pisces and, and, and connected us all, right? It connected us all online, right? People and were then, arguing a lot then about modern versus traditional. Well, yeah, and that was that too. synthesis yeah. of, you know, which one should we do and, you right. know, that kind of thing. Um, if we look at the time before, it was Uranus in Aquarius, again, part of that connecting of all of us. Um, but then we move, and, and we always also have to look at Pluto and Neptune cycles in the background because they're much, a lot to do with cultural subculture mm -hmm. and, you know, sort of trends as well. So, so it's looking at all of those three and how they relate. But then Uranus in Aries comes along and everyone's online. Everyone's a talking head on, you know, the phones, YouTube. You know, it's just a boom of astrology. That and was March that know it and don't know it. Yeah, yeah, the iPhone yeah, yeah. came out right around. The iPhone 3, That's right. I think, came out yeah. right around then too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was just extraordinary. And then the Pluto-Uranus squares that sort of... I remember really noticing that astrology in our sort of field really sort of took off and people that weren't astrologers start understood the cycles that we were in because the Arab spring, um, you know, the revolutions around the planet and the way we explained it, you know, Uranus square Pluto, it's a, it's a cycle that began in the sixties about revolution and quality. And, and here it is again. And people started really noticing that that makes a lot of sense. Um, and from that, I think um, the Pluto Uranus squares were great for astrology. Like oh, two, yeah, that was from 2000. We're sick of the world and how it's going. Yeah, uh, 2012 to 15. To 15. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the main the main parts of it, and of course, um, in a in a sense, now it's still kind of going on, really. But it then, does yeah, we feel got... like it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, where's it stopped? The revolution hasn't stopped. It's just going into the air, I think. But <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's a really interesting thing. And then we look ahead. So Uranus in Taurus has really now manifesting astrology as a money-making thing. People are looking at it to sort of say, and I'm, it's good for astrologers in a sense, but it's not so good because people are into it just for the sake of like, we can make a quick buck. And maybe mm -hmm. that's always been there, but it's much more apparent. Um, so much more sort of tangible, a commodity right to trade and you know whatever um we'll see more of that um and then productizing it too yes. I mean, you know like we turn we've gotten a lot of like can you write a you know a busy water uh horoscope for every sign <laughs> and i'm like i can't i just yeah right 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 i know i can't do another one of those pieces you know we're gonna see wrong. it everywhere and it's yeah it's uses in that sort of sense um you know, and there's always the, the positive and the negative aspects in sure. every every combination, as we know. So, you know, we, we'll focus on the on the positive, but there's always parts that come up that you go, oh, gosh, that's really giving us a bad name, you know, as astrologers. So we have to be really uh, aware of that. And then 
the astrologers, we stick together, you know, support each other and, and that people understand there's more behind it um, as well. Like conferences mm -hmm. are growing in numbers and Oh my Things God, like they that. really are. The one in Seattle, Norwalk, actually sold out. out. Every I don't year think that or something. Ever happened. Did that happen over there in Australia where you are as well? Ours is a little bit different here. Um, it needs a big revamp, the, the, mm. the way things are organized. So um, I'm not, I won't say anymore. Surely <laughs> some corporate say. sponsor will come in and do just that. With <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. Again, you know, the corporatization of it. Um, you know, so anyway, it doesn't mean we all have to do it all. It's just about how it is happening anyway. And then Uranus in Gemini, I could really see it sort of being taught to the younger ones. Um, mm -hmm. As the millennials become parents, imagine Uranus in Gemini, Uranus in Cancer. They'll be learning it at home. Oh, my God. Right? Like the parents will pass it on, you know. Well, maybe um, they don't all have a family tartan they'll have a family zodiac like composite chart on a flag yeah. or something hanging up well just imagine if the if the millennials are already really into it and understand it they're just going right. to grow in that information right with that information. such a part i think the gen zers i'm already seeing like it's just part of their identity their language and you know they all yeah, know that's it so it becomes a normal language mm -hmm. and this is you know again um it's part of, you know, the talk that I'll do today with the Venus in Gemini, yes. Venus retrograde in Gemini. I'm excited. Um, and, and I think, as you'll see, this Venus retrograde in Gemini loop has had very much to do and be involved with the Venus transits of 2004, if you remember, mm -hmm. the, when Venus transited the sun. And in 2012, there's two, eight Those years Venus apart. eclipses, right? Yes, that's right. Now, happening, they happen in Gemini because this is the, no, the north node of Venus is in Gemini. And so, therefore, those eclipses happen at that point. Every, you know, only 100 to 120 years apart. So, we've had them now. But if we look back at that timing, I've got some of this on my slides. If we look yeah. back at that timing on the planet that happens every 120 20 years, Venus retrograde in Gemini, awareness, the awakening that has happened in that time we've had social media we've been connected we've been um what's the word um this wikileaks came out in that time the zeitgeist mm -hmm. movies all kinds of stuff that just facebook opened out right facebook yeah 2004 yeah. right so right in on time venus in gemini right and so this is what we're coming back to you know after eight years we're now in this it's not an eclipse of venus but it is still very much part of that cycle. And it's reverberating. So, so Venus, I don't know you're going to walk everyone through, but Venus returns to the same sign every eight years. Eight and years. That's some amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I'll, turn it, I'll turn it on over to you in a moment and, um, and disappear into a little bubble up top. But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll be so we'll be kind of those, those themes echo and, you know, every eight years. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so the last two were these Venus eclipses crossing over the sun, which only happens every hundred. Yeah. So how significant, of, you know, in timing that is. So 2004 and 2012, which it was due, it's always in June. If it's Gemini, it's June when the sun's in that sun sign, you know, that's when Venus retrograde will happen. Um, in that sign. So it's easy to tell. When it right, of course, because it's the eclipse. <laughs> right. It has to be with the sun. It has with to be, the the, it's like the star point, as we call it, has to, the sun has to be. So the sun's always an easy way to find something <laughs> in astrology, right? right? <laughs> 
Yes. Um, anyway, yeah, so, so I've put together something that will kind of really invite us to to look into 2020 with the, through through Venus um, and sort of recognise what part of the story it's now sort of telling us, I suppose. Well, I am so excited yeah. for that. I'm going to put you on the main view because you have that amazing background too. <laughs> well, I picked, yeah. I picked it out because it's very Venusian and fractal-like, which I always <laughs> like to... Um, connect Venus and her cycle to being very fractal-like, you know, so it returns and it's got such a perfect harmony and synthesis. So if we look at our own astrology operating like that, we can get much more creative about um, who we are, what we, what we're doing, what we're sort of attracting into our, and our, into our lives and being and sort of in a sense, maybe take more responsibility for what we're creating. This, because it's going to come back in eight years anyways so the whole <laughs> well, there's a bit yes <laughs> yes yes that's right i mean eight years seems a lot like a long time but there is a halfway point which i'll oh, cool. talk to you about or year well. two okay let me pop all right out here. are you ready to rock and roll with your yes life? i'm going to share my screen okay um so we can go from there fractal right. magic yay uh-huh. <laughs> Well, this just keeps it all very interesting for everyone. Um, let Beautiful me do this. Too. Yes, I created all these, so it's really cool. So we'll, we'll start by, by, by looking at this. Now, this is the Venus cycle um, operating, as we call the Venus, the Venus flower, taking shape. Um, and this pattern um, happens in five points in the zodiac, only five points in the zodiac at any sort of particular time that we're looking at, like the last 50 years, last 100 years or something. Um, And these loops are actually, um, so there's one petal and then eight petals kind of join to make this um, five point, no, five petals join to make this five pointed flower, really. And then in the middle is a star. And these are all the retrograde points, okay? So... It's, it does remind you that astrology is always connecting to us to the rhythm of life, the, the thing that doesn't stop, right? Like some transits maybe will only have once in a lifetime, like Pluto crossing the ascendant or something, but some are always repeating, like the moon cycle and the phases and Venus and Mercury and, you know, and the loops of those are really, really interesting to follow. So, so the five points... Um, Oh, I've lost a star here, but there's only five. Hang on, actually, where did that star That's go? right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It was on the next slide. Um, so, just as we as we head into to the retrograde loop of that will happen in Gemini in June 2020, what we've got to be reminded of is that the last there's five points in the zodiac that Venus will retrograde. Okay, and only five places. So one of them being Scorpio, that was the last retrograde. So early Scorpio, some of you might remember the end of October 2018 um, and that retrograde. Um, And then the next retrograde is in a sense connected to it because it's Venus. It's Venus telling her story, you know, it's playing Mm -hmm. out the story for you. So where, where is early Scorpio in your chart? Then there's a there's a retrograde point that happens in Leo, and every four years in between, um, she like the star point. Sorry, the star point last August 2019 August there was a Venus Sun conjunction in Leo. Mm-hmm. 
Now, it wasn't a retrograde, but it was reiterating a star point that happens in, in, in Leo, okay? And pretty much these five star points are what's operating all the time. And so we had one in, um, what do you call it, uh, Scorpio. Then nine and a half months later, it was the outer conjunction that happened in Leo. Nine and a half months later is in Gemini and so on around the Zodiac. So it's pretty easy to to just look at that and think okay so every nine and a half months venus is going to be making a star point with the sun and that star point um shifts from being a retrograde point to a what we call direct point which i'll i'll explain a bit more so what we know if we look at the what the one that's coming up in gemini is that the retrogrades happen every eight years in the same star point area. So the Gemini point that we're going to have in 2020 happened in 2012 and happened in 2004 as well. So because it's the same area of our charts, we can be going, well, what happened to my, you know, what changed in my life in 2012 or 2004? And it doesn't have to be exactly, you know, June, early June. It's around that time. These Venus star points I find very much um, more like eclipse points. They're kind of gathering momentum and gathering energy as they peak. Okay. So it's not like it just starts at the retrograde or it just finishes at, you know, when, mm. when Venus goes direct again. Um, so they're kind of peak moments and turning points. Okay. So each star point is like a, a turning point. And when we think about a star point, it's the sun and Venus coming together and it's often called the Kazemi and it's always, and, and because Venus is involved, um, it's called the kiss of the sun and Venus. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's a beautiful way to, to look at this, um, combination and, you know, throughout, throughout, millennial you know for ages since people have been looking at the at the stars it's that com coming together of venus who's the brightest planet at when she's at her brightest that sort of comes down to to be enveloped by the sun you know into the retrograde and it's a quite romantic story and no wonder you know venus has everything to do with relationships and love but um i'd like to just remind us that um as much as she might you know, she, she will, let's say, operate in that sense of, of really highlighting the relationships we're in and, and, and the love in our life or if we're in love with life. There's also these turning points where we have to let go of things, of people, of relationships, or someone dies. Um, Venus is very much involved in that story. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's... It, I can't be the astrologer that sort of says everything's great if Venus is around or everything's right. great that, that Jupiter's around, you know, because everything we know is that Jupiter transits can be so confronting. You know, oh, and be, you know, the heartbreak <laughs> is part of the love without heartbreak. You can't expand your capacity to find exactly. true love, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then every relationship, you know, needs its ups and downs to know what the ups are, you know, and all that kind of thing. So it really highlights those, those parts. And then this is a, from a Sedona um, church, I think, but it's just this beautiful image of the sun and Venus coming together. And, really also reminding us of the spark of the divine that's in us as well. Okay. Right. And how that manifests on the planet. Like as her glyph shows, you know, the cross of matter is the manifestation of our likes, our desires, our love, um, our creation story 
you know, embedding it into this lifetime. Okay. So it does really help us mm. just feel a lot more creative about it all as well. So now this is, um, this is an astronomical view of Venus around the sun. Okay. With the earth here. So as she comes down to retrograde, she comes between the sun and the earth as many of us would know, and it's called the interior conjunction. Um, and this takes, uh, a whole cycle is 584 days. But then the next part is, so as, after her retrograde, she's an evening star. She comes down. She's very bright in her crescent phase. And then she falls into the sun. And then she appears again as a, um, and quickly comes out, let's say, to brightness as well. And then she moves to move around behind the sun from our perspective, okay? And we never see Venus in, a full, in her full light. It's almost like she goes behind the sun to undress, right? So, <laughs> so, so that Venus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something very um, as important as the retrograde in her position here, okay? So when she goes behind the sun, but we don't see her, we don't see her for the longest time, and this happens nine and a half months after the retrograde, but it reiterates the star point. Okay, so if we're looking at this Gemini star point coming up in June 2020, we also want to look at June 2016 as well as 2012, as well as 2008, because it's all part of the story. So as Venus jumps around back and forth, you know, um, from retrograde to direct every nine and a half months, Every four years, she'll be in the same spot of the zodiac, um, you know, so Gemini, the Gemini repeats. So it's an important part to remember um, as part of the Gemini star point, as I'd call it. Okay, so, yeah, so again, the five points, the current points of the Venus star, um, you know, they're just really good. I, you know, like print it out or take a screen grab or something and just have it, you know, in your in your um, office or, or whatever, just to remind yourself. So I always encourage people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Or encourage people to put the five points in their astrology charts, right? And so when I read astrology, I will just have those points in mind. Like, is there something being triggered off that, you know, can connect me to, you know, a bigger part of the story? So again, every nine and a half months, we're going to have one of these star points oscillating from retrograde to direct, retrograde to direct and retrograde and so on. So I hope this isn't too um, advanced for most of you. It's pretty simple. So that's great. <laughs> I'll, I'll um, jump in and ask some clarifying questions yeah. after, but this is uh no, I, it's a, it is yeah, a complicated I, thing, but it's also, you'll see that there's patterns for those. That's right. That's right. It's all about the patterns, all about finding the patterns. So, I mean, for some of us, one of those points might be much more connected to a personal angle or a, a sun or the moon or even Venus and they will be more significant for you, okay? So we're all going to have more significant points in our charts, okay? So not the Gemini point might not be as significant for everybody, although we know every retrograde is, is doing... Like, as, if you can see, there's only five places in the whole chart that Venus does her stuff, yeah. then we might want to pay more attention to what she's doing, what houses that is in and that kind of thing, of course, right? So look at, everyone can look at their chart and see, do you have 
and where yeah. is where's 14 degrees gemini in your chart you know yeah. So. yeah so that's the most significant one we're going to concentrate on this this time so so again let's look back the last times um so the retrograde will happen at 14 degrees in 2020 the last time it was retrograde there was 2012 and it was 16 degrees and the time before was 2004 at 18 and you can see that the the degrees are moving slowly backwards and that's what venus does the whole star just moves slowly backwards in our like charts. a dial and it's yeah. like two, it's like two degrees back and yeah yeah back so. that's right two degrees back every full cycle two degrees back and some of the points just oscillate for a bit so if you've got a point that's really targeting a big place in your chart um though all of these points now the four years back will also be important Okay. Incidentally, I have Saturn at 17 degrees Gemini and oh, my go. husband during in 2008. So, uh -huh, there you go. And see, it wasn't a retrograde; it was the other star. Point, other right? side of it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, yes. Yeah, so, so the Venus story there at the other side of the Sun, although it's not you know a retrograde loop, it's still a really, really big part of connecting the dots. Okay, uh -huh. so connecting the dots. Um, it's again also like as I've got written at the bottom there the perspective shifts of the same story so Venus looking at it from a retrograde perspective and maybe more of a new phase let's say or a new beginning to the art uh, the outer point which is much more kind of mature and looking back at life and and having in a sense more of a divine view or a fully like I know my Venus at this place because I'm fully exposed and I'm with the gods, right? Retrograde, she's closest to the earth. The opposite point, she's, who knows what she's up to, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I often say that this is, and a, a lot of astrolog astrologers would say, that outer conjunction point is when Venus is indeed in the underworld because she disappears for longer, right? <laughs> she's actually disappeared for about, 60 to 80 days whereas a retrograde she's only not visible for about 20 okay so there's a big i do a lot we do a lot of work with that now you know the, the whole cycle of venus and all of her steps yeah. into the underworld so every nine or every i'm sorry every four years approximately there'll be that that almost like the same kind of venus the full venus phase is also yeah, well, a, I, I, uh Actually, it's actually every nine and a half, like every every cycle, she will. So every one point nine, every nineteen months, she spends a time in the underworld, but it's over here. Uh -huh. This is quick, a quick readjusting loop, okay? Um, and and we get a lot of people saying that this is her underground story, uh, underworld story here, but. I, this was part of my research when I looked into it, I went, but Venus has actually not disappeared for that long at this position. She comes down and then she's out again. But over here, she's gone for 80 days. And this is the steps that Inanna takes over seven months along here to get into the underworld and oh, come oh, out again. Oh, the goddess. So this is, this is a story for another time because uh -huh. it's quite... <laughs> I'm like, I'm coming up <laughs> for a fireside show on that. Yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, it's really, uh, there's a lot, there's quite a few of us kind of working on that. And it's this shamanic view of Venus, actually, the whole Venus cycle. With the so, goddess um, Inanna then? Yes, that, oh, that's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just again, so reiterating that that outer conjunction point we can be as astrologers 
quite ignorant of that, where in fact, it's actually really, really significant. Okay, so that four-year point, we talk about the eight-year retrograde. really powerful and yeah. even so interesting because it's like, is that also a flip from morning to evening star? Yes, yes, that's well. right. That's right. That's when she turns into the evening star and from the retrograde, she turns into the morning star. So that, again, is another story. Right. You know, if you're born with morning star Venus or evening star Venus and what phase Venus is in in your astrology chart, again, another. I mean, I've done day workshops on all of this. Oh, so my God. There's a lot of work here. And Guessing it's a really immersion. Venus, the new thing. Yeah. That's what we'll be doing for four, yeah, in 2020, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so anyway, so now let's just focus on Venus and Gemini. Um, you know, we, we know all the it's going to have the retrograde in, will happen between 13th of May and the 25th of June. So it's about 40, I think it's 42 days, but the 40 days and 40 nights of Venus retrograde we've all heard about. So what you want to know is where 21 degrees or 22 degrees of Gemini is and around, you know, four degrees of Gemini, because that's the zone that this retrograde will happen in. Um, and, you know, a reminder that, all the let's say the symbols of venus you know from from the manifesting you know uh glyph about you know manifesting it's an earth it's, she's very earthy but she brings the divine down to earth okay it's about devotion um the the rosary beads have eight oh what is it eight five five points on oh, wow. the um I didn't even know what you call it. I gave up my religion a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> rosary beads. That's it. Right, right. Uh, the rosary beads. Um, then the copper metal is the metal associated with Venus to remind us of how she is a conductor of energy. Right. So she conducts, you know, especially to do with um, you need copper to help conduct and move energy. So if we think about Venus in our charts as well, you know, whatever she's doing, she's not just about love and relationship. She's kind of conducting the creative show uh -huh. as very much like she's very moony like that because she has phases as we saw as well. So she's feminine and she's moony, right? She's, she's yeah. got phases. Of course, the beauty goddess, love, what we find attractive, um, you know, the pain of love, all of those things come into it. And then the five-pointed star that she makes is the, um, the specialness about things, you know, the specialness of ourselves as well, the gifts that we have, you know, how we value, how, how we are or how unique we are. And, of course, the five-pointed pentacle, it brings in the magic of it all, you know, the, the magic principles of how we live, you know, make magical lives, magical thinking, um, and that's becoming much more apparent, isn't it? it and is. of course, <laughs> isn't it? You know, <laughs> and then you can see the glyph very much represent, you know, looking at ourselves and again, how much what we like ourselves. So Venus retrogrades can be very much adjusting that, you know, oh, I've been, been awful or I've been a bitch or I haven't been looking after myself. <laughs> so it's again, it's, it's as personal as it is as, as about relationships as well. And then the cycle is represented by the peace sign in the middle as oh, well. Oh, I love that. Oh, wow. And of course, we know Venus rules Taurus, very earthy, and then Venus rules Libra, which is very sort of much more ethereal and peace-like. So she's got it all, you know, like it's it's an incredibly strong um, symbolism of, of everything there. And then Gemini, I think we, we all 
understand a lot about Gemini, but I've just kind of put in a whole lot of notes behind them. I won't read them all, but we, we know it is all about learning. It's about communicating. It's ruled by its ruler is Mercury. So it's the combination of those things. So, you know, um, how, how, how we want to know things, how aware we are. Okay. Um, and I mean, there's just so much in there, isn't there? <laughs> you know, oh, well, also... it's great. <laughs> I think people are going to want to go through and pause and look through all these amazing slides, you know, <laughs> if we forget because we're, you know, obsessing over these things all day, but like, this is, this is amazing information yeah. here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so it's, it's about the processes of learning, awareness, communication, and how we are in the environment that we are, how we process, you know, what we're taking in, like, all the time. So, so, I mean, the world and the internet and social media and everything, it's so Gemini, isn't it? It's just so, That's like, Gemini. <laughs> kind know, of what are we taking in? Being in two places at once, you know. Not knowing, not knowing what to think, you know, what, what's true, what's real, what's, you right. know. So we really have to be very, very aware of what we're processing. And, and of course, the polarity signs are very important um, in astrology. So Gemini is the opposite of Sagittarius. So with all of that coming in, we have to process our own thing and believe, you know, what we do. And, but, you know, again, um, we're relearning so much. All of us, you know, on the planet are relearning so much again about what's the truth, what's, what should we know? What's, you I know, mean, what <laughs> there has never been a time like that. And then, you know, no. I know you were, you're, I think you're going to talk about it too, but yes, yes. The, uh, eclipses there too coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about this Venus in Gemini retrograde, um, yeah. some of you would remember the, the Venus transits as we call them, um, the eclipse points when Venus um, moves over the face of the sun. And she only does that every hundred and five and 120 years sort of cycles. So they're really big cycles on the planet. And they happen eight years apart twice in that sort of time frame. So we had one um, 2004. And so they're the Gemini star points and 2012. And we can just quickly think about, um, and I, I did this kind of research at the time because I, I was just so interested mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. Um, and if we think about where we are now and the hundred let's say 120 year cycle that, that this um, Gemini star points have kind of seeded, um, isn't an age of awareness that I've called it, you know, there's mm -hmm. so many things that have come up, connected us all. It's very Geminian, you know, relearning the world. Right? Oh my God. Even that little window of time and yeah. from yeah. 2000, I remember yeah. talking about the Mayan calendar to people in, 2004 and they were like what are you you're crazy and then by 2010 <laughs> i was like did you hear about this mayan calendar I was yeah, like, yes i did but you didn't believe me and right. you know <laughs> yeah so the information highway you know opened up and, yeah. and it's just you know so so big part of it but if we look at the the white points which is when when the star point happened in gemini because it happens in sagittarius every other 120 years mm. right so it's only happening in that those two signs over this 4,000 year cycle, I think. But um, it's like we're in the Renaissance again. We've often talked about, you know, how, how astrology is in a Renaissance, right? You know, where astrology yes. was very big in the Renaissance, right? right. And so now, um, you know, and then the age of enlightenment, relearning things. 
things, you know. Um, so Gemini, the Gemini star points really invite this new age of awareness. And that's what we're in now. And um, anyway, it's a really, really fascinating cycle to talk well, thing, about. And things are, everything's flourishing and blossoming. Almost in that sense, it's like, whoa, how can we even contain this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Should we and the interesting that? thing, like when you put 120 and 108 years together, it's like, um, so one of these loops, like a complete loop from there to there is 248 years, which is a Pluto cycle. Pluto cycle. As well. Ah. Oh, yeah. So it's all connected. <laughs> um, and then I've just put this kind of time frame together and I won't read it all out, but have a look at what happened in that time frame to change our awareness and, and the state of the planet. So Facebook began, YouTube, Eris was discovered that um, actually shifted the idea of the pantheon of planets that we use, right? Or um, as well as you know, it demoted Pluto eventually, but it gave the rise to Ceres and Eris and all this feminine energy back into the Zodiac as well, or back into True. what we use. Yes, for the Venus over the, the Venus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, where's the, where's the feminine energy, you know, that we right. need much more of. And we can, we have seen that develop so much as well in that time. Like we have know, the we, asteroid astrology that incorporates Vesta well, and Juno that has sort of risen since have you tried all of it you know again it sort of opened a big box of of so many more things for us to consider um the book cosmos and psyche by rick tarnas that came out in 2005 i remember just as i graduated astrology and um it was a big book for non-astrologers as well so it was you know i I mean there's a lot of other things i'm just several men give me that book who were like (laughs) astrology but now i'll here you go yeah so well it's it's um it's amazing reference as well and it really shows how astrology can define would help us define certain ages through psycholo um through astrological cycles you know um yeah it's it's it was a, a, a mammoth work, I think, that took him 30 years to oh, write. To <laughs> <laughs> so give it a lot of time, but it's fantastic. And then um, the books like The Secret, um, Messages in Water, The Intention Experiment, all about how our minds work to shape our reality and, you know, all that sort of information that there's been so many much more about that um, in that time frame, as well as the Zeitgeist movies that really sort of changed our, our, our idea about money and banking systems and Bitcoin, WikiLeaks. I mean, wow. it's, so, it's so awakening, isn't it? All of these things and we're still in that sort of, it's, it's not going to stop now, but that was this amazing awakening, and right? Social media truly exploded inside of the Venus and Gemini eclipse there in 2004. Yeah. And so Venus, yeah. you know, being how we connect for those who are newer to astrology and socialize as well, how we connect as people in Gemini being the digital mobile devices yes. and everything. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, again, there's a lot more in, in, in all of that, but, um, and then, I mean, I just love the words woke and stay woke that, you know, mm-hmm. I think they also started around then. So, um, you know, again, the awareness that, that arose in this Gemini Venus retrograde star point, which is coming back. Okay. So we, so we, we can use some ahead. awareness now I'd say, <laughs> well, it's like, what are we going to do with it all? Um, and, and 
we're on that road, of course, but there's a lot more to come. You know, um, Tali, you probably know that there's a lot more air coming into the picture in the 2020s. Yes. With Saturn in Aquarius, um, a Jupiter-Saturn cycle beginning in Aquarius, um, uh, a few other things, and Pluto into Aquarius. So we're kind of going into, like, what are we going to do with all how connected we are, technology um it opens up so many other kind of philosophical it things sure about, does. doesn't uh-huh. it you know uh-huh. anyway this this retrograde will be pretty big because there's eclipses also happening at that time so again be prepared where this gemini retrograde is going to happen but do your homework and think about what was happening for you in 2016 12 um like just in regard to donald trump um, he was his presidential campaign to run for president. Um, well, it didn't start, but it was uh, launched in. It actually picked up. It did in yeah. twenty. Like I remember. Yeah. Well, in- that's when he said, "That's my campaign." You know, that's it. So, how that's going to shift now? You know, will be very telling by June. <laughs> um, I predicted by June, two thousand and twenty twenty. Okay. Um, the retrograde, I thought it would just be interesting to look at one person, uh, Greta Thunberg. We don't have her time of astrology, but she has her nodal axis and Pluto and Saturn very much involved in that Gemini retrograde. Um, and I don't know if some of your viewers would follow Bitcoin, but the third halving is also going to happen. And it's very, and it's interesting. It's a Gemini thing and it happens in these four years, right? So Gemini, the jewel sign you know, halving, it's, it's quite, it's, don't you love, don't you love what comes up when you look at I mean, this is where, this this is how you turn into an astro geek, everyone. Just start (laughs) looking back over historical cycles. You will see the patterns and you're not, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I've gone too far. Um, But anyway, so um, if we think about just a rich grade being, again, how much, how many, words and myths are about the 40 days and 40 nights of of this trial that we go through um you know what it's going to be about we don't have to think biblically biblically about it but you know all these kind of um things that emphasize the 40 days and 40 nights um and i think the most interesting one was the jesus fasting in the wilderness who was approached by satan and venus was actually um looked at to be quite a malefic you know energy and we can look back at that and the you know the divine feminine being sort of put down by the church pretty right. much right oh, evil jezebels yeah and then again so there's something about that about the divine feminine coming back you know onto the planet and and take not taking over but being equal to what the patriarchy has been like for you can think you of know, the gemini forever. sort of as the gender yeah. neutralizer in yeah. some ways too mm-hmm. and we're equal all air signs are about equality you know, we, we look at Libra so much, but it's in, in Gemini that we start. We start learning Gemini things around our siblings right. who are supposed to be our equals. They're the only ones that really are our equals, right? Right. Um, that we learn equality from. And, of course, family life is not usually, is not always like that, is it? You know, um, that all siblings get treated the same. So again, that depends on all kinds of psychological things. So just um, this Tali quickly, um, the Venus retrograde, you can see how little time she spends, let's say in the dark, 
or out of view, like in the beams of the sun, so we can't see her, but then a much longer time at that, op at that opposition pass. Um, so and I want everyone to- It's not talked about much at all. That is actually, you are the first person I've ever heard who has gone into- Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, there'd be a lot of my peers that would be, well, they've been talking about it, but you know, we've been doing it for, for ages, let's say. But, um, Venus, but I haven't gotten into the opposite point. So, wow. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So now just quickly, let's look at Greta's chart. The, the retrograde is actually pretty much starting on her Saturn and finishing up near her um, nodes and then opposite the Pluto. So she, I mean, she's already a big highlight. There's no, you know, what's heading up for her next year. Let's keep an eye on her. We don't know her birth time, so we don't really know where her moon is placed. This is just a zero Aries chart, but just an example. So find Gemini in your charts, everyone, and have a look at this zone, what's in there. Go back to the story of four years ago, eight years ago, four years ago, eight years ago. You know, with that in mind, back and forward, back and forward, and see which ones have been most significant for you, and it's you'll be generally surprised. around the same time because it's only about a two degree yeah. difference. So yeah, it's right, right around it's, the same time, a few days, give or take. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's mid. It's it's the beginning of June. That's the peak point. So the conjunction with the sun and around that. So at the end of May to you know mid June type of oh actually later in June. So it's going to be pretty potent. And this is how I kind of put the five stars around someone's chart, right. To, to kind of see what, what, um, where they're going to be peaking next. Right. Mm. So Greta had a, a peak around her Jupiter last year when she actually started. Um, oh, that was this year. Sorry. She started her protests when the star point was in Scorpio. You kind of wonder, is she a little Scorpio rising? I think she's a Virgo rising actually, but I'm anyway. Well, she's got that sure. Mars and Venus in Scorpio. I see. Yeah, yeah, I also right. have a tie chart. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll connect. Uh, way. Yeah. Anyway, so this is the way I sort of, you know, complete the story and she's got a point around her Capricorn planets as well. Mm. Um, so she's a little star. You know, um, and yeah. so it's really interesting to see where those where those points are in your chart and where they will be in your lifetime, really. And over a lifetime, let's say you live eight years, the star is only going to move about 20 degrees. Okay. So there's a zone, I'll call it the Venus star zones that um, are really, really interesting to follow. So if we've got a bit more time, I just want to kind of yes, finish up with... Um, Again, getting into the rhythm of Venus and um, the cycle of Venus and how her perpetual cycle um, in the heavens is reflected in our astrology charts. Like to take that on as, a, you know, it doesn't just happen once. It's connected to a lot more that's happening in your life than just one shitty retrograde or one fantastic <laughs> one or, or whatever, right? Um, so if we look at the cycle, one cycle is 1.6 years. That's not one and a half years, it's 1.6, which is 19 months, which is 584 days. And many of us would know that the 1.6 um, ratio is the divine ratio, okay? Um, so when we Can divide... Can you say a little the, more about that? I don't yeah, know. I've, got, I've got some more on that. Mm, I just wanted mm -hmm. to... Um, so 365 into 584 days, so 365 is the earth cycle, the Venus cycle, their, their, their combination is 1.6. Five cycles in eight years is also 1.6. So she does five full cycles to, um, in eight, you know, throughout eight years. 
And she does 13 revolutions. She's a very small, like, you know, the earth revolves every day, but Venus only revolves 13 times in eight years. Mm -hmm. She's very slow. And she actually has the, you know, like east is west over there and west is east if you were on Venus, but you couldn't be because she's too hot anyway. (laughs) (laughs) She's Um, got time to get ready. (laughs) To twirl. (laughs) So have a think about the 1.6 ratio is what we know as the golden mean or the phi ratio um, and the, the divine proportion and sacred geometry that... You know, again, sacred geometry has become so significant also in the part, you know, connecting people together. Astrology is sacred geometry, it right? Is. It is. Um, and so the divine ratio that Venus represents, she actually does in the sky. And then we see that in nature all over the place. Like artists use these divine proportions to, to you know, what do you call it? Uh, draw beautiful paintings in the right ratio. So the you know, it looked fantastic and um, just had the right proportions. Um, so then we can see it, the, 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 what do you call it, the divine ratio, which is the nautilus shell um, spiral. The spiral is also a, a ratio of 1.6. And, and we have, Sorry, Venus, you golden mean you. (laughs) Yes, and so we see we see her proportion and this ratio sort of in nature everywhere, from cyclones to cos you know the cosmos forming sunflower you know plants and this nautilus shell as well, um, which has this one point six ratio as every little piece of it is formed that comes out, which is what I was looking at. And then have a look at the word spiral, spiral and spiritual. Oh, yes, you know to connect ourselves, you know, to a more spiritual existence and life. Um, you know, that's why astrology is so, so good at connecting us to that. And then the Fibonacci sequence is also included because the Fibonacci sequence um, is that division of numbers that then relate to a 1.6 ratio as we keep going. Um, and anyone that's interested in this can find out much more about that on the internet because it's just so fascinating and so God, thrilling. What a rabbit hole, but yeah. <laughs> I know. So there's the 1.6 again, the unfolding of the spiral. So if we look at Venus and her kind of cycles through our astrology charts, she's always in this rhythm and ratio. And it's about, again, the creation of life, the creation of our story right um and so yeah i've developed this over the years because i just kind of wanted to tell this story to get amazing julia you know people more into how you know astrology and the cycles of the planets and especially venus in this point and all of them have incredible cycles and their connections you know the cycles and And how they're connected Things like, you know, psychedelic journeys and DMT show those same fractal patterns. Don't they? Yeah, that's what we see when we're on this. You know, the background's a bit like that for, you know, I've picked it. So so think about that and, you know, the proportions of the body and the divine ratio of our human self. So with Venus retrogrades or Venus, we can 
we can sense and we can look into deeper where things may be out of balance or not, you know, kind of in tune, let's say. So it is about creating the rhythm and the tune that, you know, makes, makes our life sing. I suppose. Uh, and look, you can go on like these, <laughs> the, the angles and, um, you know, there's just so much more in it. And then again, I just like to remind everyone that is like a fractal forming, forever forming in our astrology charts and, and keeps going, um, repeating, it's eternal. Um, even looking at it, at the Venus cycle that we were born into, um, and how it will repeat when we've gone. Like we've we've been born into right. a bigger cycles, right? We've been born into cycles to do with the family, cycles to do with you know the neighbor, whatever. <laughs> Just it's all connected. We're part of it. We're simply yeah. coming in on a. We're yeah. coming in as visitors to uh, yeah. be part of this already existing or maybe it's just a who knows maybe it's even just a reflection of where we were before we embodied you know <laughs> except well that's it i mean then there's so much more to the story so how how deep do you want to go and right? and then you know again the fractal story is that the the fractal is in the sense it's the same pattern but it's it's off on its own every every cycle that repeats it goes on to a bifurcation that that is has the same pattern involved with it, but it's a little bit different, right? So, you know, there's heaps of work on fractals on the net. So just go looking into them if you want to find out more. Um, but it does remind us that, yeah, nothing stays the same. If you kind of think, you know, the Venus retrograde or, oh, I don't like my V, you know, I don't know, I'm not happy with this or whatever, then do something about it. You know, it can change the pattern. You're right. not going to change your spots. You're not going to move your Venus from Gemini to Sagittarius. <laughs> you're always going to have Venus in Gemini if that's where it is. But you're going to get much more conscious and aware of how she's operating in your chart, right? And where it needs adjustment, where there could be work done. And again, to evolve, to grow, to spiritualize our lives. Um, so just be very aware of the cycle we're in now. Started in Scorpio, peaked in Leo. And that's like one loop, right? That's just mm -hmm. one loop. And then it finishes and starts again in Gemini. And then the Gemini points retrograde begins a new loop that peaks in Aries and culminates in Capricorn. So we're always kind of looking ahead at one cycle being a whole part of every nine and a half whole, months. Yeah, right? every nine mm -hmm. and a half months. Yep. And I mean, in itself, that is such a potent amount of time as well. It is. As we know. It's like. <laughs> What right, can we do like, with that I'm time? done with this year, but I still have to keep going. <laughs> I'm ready yeah. for something new, yeah. right? <laughs> so keep these dates in mind and, you know, look back at the story so that, you know, you can connect yourself, I think, just a lot more creatively with what's going on in your astrology. Absolutely. Yes. That's brilliant. Oh my God. So there's much more. We'll play this one more time. <laughs> well, it, it makes so much more sense now after all. It yeah, has, right. It's a new meaning because now yeah. we know. Yeah, so you can imagine that rhythm sort of like what she, what's her purpose for this little loop in my 11th house or whatever it was, you like know, whatever it might be. Like graph when, when uh, I was a kid or I don't know if yeah. you that or the, um, even just. Yes, yeah. And we love drawing it though. Oh, but do you remember, yeah. we used to, I used to always draw the five-pointed star like doodly when I was born at school, I yeah. would doodle the five-pointed star. 
And now um, that now that you have this Venus obsession, do you go? Do you go? Oh, the signs were all there all along. They were always there. Yeah. Um, well, I don't. You know, I just remember when I started putting this stuff together. I'm going, of course, and and it's an endless. You know, we were always fascinated by how endless we could draw that star. Right. Mm -hmm. right, and it would go around and that's and and go around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's you know the magic loops of astrology. So I'm happy to have introduced some of you to all of that. Oh my god, this <laughs> is all right, Agent 12. So, Agent. how can um people learn more from you? Um, what are you know, I know you're gonna have some new um wannabe undercover. <laughs> now that you're you know, agents. Well, we we welcome, we welcome, uh let's say all kinds of people to be an agent, but what you have to do is you have to, let's say, pledge a mission. Like what will you do for and with the CIA? Okay. So we have a lot of agents join up, but then they don't complete their missions. And we, in the end, sort of not forget about them, but really, if you're not up with it, if you're not up with us, then sleeper you know, cells. Sorry. Yeah, that's it. It's like, it's an agency <laughs> that really wants to work and come up with ideas of again, how, how to operate, how to put things out, you know, just, uh, okay, we call them missions, you know, I mean, we have retreats and, and we do, I was gonna ask, we do, do you online. have retreats? Are they mostly yes. in Australia or are they around At the world? At this point, we, we've had a few gatherings in New York and Colorado, I think, was it last year? Um, it depends where the agents are, right? So who yeah. wants to do something in a particular place? Um, we have got one coming up in Australia in April. So any Australians out there, come and join us. Uh, second to the 4th of April, we're calling it the Time Lords Retreat. Oh, cool. So we're going to um, be looking at all kinds of Time Lord systems to, you know, look at more. Yeah, well, from those, uh, for Daria to... Um, Oh, yeah, I'm just trying to remember all the others. <laughs> anyway, it's a great, it's a great program. Um, so come along if you can. We've also got a symposium of agents we're calling it throughout 2020, but we kick off on the 4th and 5th of January oh. um, with people like Michael Luton, Lynn Bell, um, Kepacha, um, and a few financial astrologers. So we, we look, Bill Meridian awesome. and Georgia Stathis. And we're going to introduce the next decade. So we're not just focusing on 2020. We're looking at the bigger cycles that we're kind of going into. And we'll do that throughout the year. It's a great compliment to this. So as you're getting, if you, you want to go deeper and yeah, geek out wanna... more after Starstruck, head on over to the CIA because <laughs> I mean, how, there's never a limit to how much of this you can learn. No, that's right. Get that's on right. to the language yeah. and become you know, a potential agent, we, you know, there's no turning You back. can also be a member where, where you can join us to, uh, we, we've got uh, webinars, you know, access, kind of lifelong access to webinars that we do and teach, yeah, for everyone that wants to learn a lot more. But again, we're learning from each other. The agents learn from each other, as we, as we all know, you know, some, someone like, we are the nerds that research and, yeah. and you know, get into this. So um, we love to share all of that as well. So oh, it's so beautiful. Well, I want to yeah. learn more from you. So this is really. Right? Well, come great. and join. You can be yeah. an agent. Okay, good. Can I? All right. Yeah. yeah, I want to be an agent. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we need but, some. Yeah. You know, a little astro twin. I've got, some, I've got a few more tricks besides sun signs up my sleeve. I just happen to <laughs> write about them all the time. I'm sure you have. 
yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, you know, that's that's the work that you, you're doing and stuff. And I love that um, being invited by the Astro Twins and talking about Venus in Gemini as oh, well. Oh, it's so great. It's Twins. so wonderful to yes. connect to you. That's, you know, so, well, everybody, you know where to find her, Yulia Simas. And thank you so much. It was amazing to do this. I'm going to go and uh, have a fractalicious moment now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Bye. you, Charlie. All Thank the best you, to, to everyone and have a great year ahead. Have a great year, everyone.